0: Hi, this is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. Welcome back to North Star Big Book. We are on episode 35 at the top of page 96 in Working With Others. This is part three. So I bracketed those two first paragraphs, and in big letters I wrote, Work with the willing on top. Work with the willing. And I'm going to explain that. And I also have written down at the top, While one guy is balking... Like, well, like they talk about in the steps that we may balk at this, like, well, one guy's complaining about the work, move on to the next. And one of my sponsors taught me this and taught me that my responsibility is to work with the willing. And that also removes the drama of when you have a sponsee who's not willing and who's exhausting and who's arguing and fighting to do, to not do the work. Um, the way I know if someone's willing is if they're doing the work and the work is really, really clear The first part of the work is 4 through 9, and the second part of the work is 10, 11 on a daily basis and reaching out to others in 12 and in all of their affairs. So if you've got someone that's not doing the work, instead of chasing them, the book tells me to go on to someone who's next, which is what we're about to read right here. It says... Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone in red, I underlined, desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. Above what you offer, I wrote a solution because that's what we offer. And it's also a reminder to me, this is only for the desperate. This program is not for people who need it or want it. It's only for people who do it. And you only get the results if you show up and do the work. You cannot get paid if you don't show up to work. So I don't have to fight someone when they're not working. I get to say, okay, cool, I'm here if you need me, and then move on to someone else. Because I can't sponsor everyone, and no one should. And so I only sponsor a certain amount of people so I can be of use to them. And if someone's not doing the work, I need to... Let them go and move on so I can help someone who can. I underlined, we find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. So the book, the first 100 men and women are telling me, don't waste your time to chase someone who doesn't want to do the work. I wrote on the side, don't argue. So we don't want to argue with them. If they don't want to do the work, I don't have to try to convince them that they're going to die and what's going to happen. Your mental obsession is going to come back. That's information that they already know. They are choosing to not do the work. It says, if you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself, or he may die, but either way, I can't be powerful enough to convince them. I underline and Star the next sentence, to spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. So again, they're telling me, not only don't waste your time on somebody, but if you, if you spend too much time on somebody that's not willing to do the work, then you're going to give You're going to take away from the opportunity from someone who wants to do the work, which is why we say work with the willing. One of our fellowship failed entirely with his first half dozen prospect. They're talking about Bill W. He often says if he had continued to work on them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered of their chance. And I circled up and highlighted that word recover because they're promising me that's what I get to become. The next paragraph is all about the second visit. So the first visit, it could be one through three. And the second visit is how to do the rest of the work. So we've prepared this person that we're talking about is prepared because someone sat and explained to them the problem, the solution and the spiritual program of action. So I wrote on the side prepared because someone sat and explained one through three. If I don't sit and explain that to someone each time they come back in, then I'm not giving them the foundation and the opportunity that they need to do the rest of the work. Suppose now you're making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume, which we're not going to have them do. I'm going to sit down and explain it to them. And says he is prepared. I underline the word prepared and I wrote next to it equals willing. The way that you know if someone's ready is they're willing. The way that you've known someone is willing is they're ready. The willing and the ready are the same thing, and the way that you know they are those things is they're taking action. They're saying to you, "What? what is next? What is next? How, what can I do next? You never want to be chasing someone. You never want to want someone's sobriety more than they do, because that's when you place yourself in a position where you're not going to have maximum service. It says, is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. I underlined and starred, having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. I wrote next to that, how we sponsor. So that means I do not sponsor, and I don't give advice on things that I don't have experience with. So for example, one of my sponsors lost their daughter, and I don't give them advice on how to heal and how to grieve and how to walk through that because I have not done that. So I give him people in my life who I know who have also walked that path. Nobody wants to hear from someone who has not been through something how to do it. When I was going through my divorce, I didn't wanna talk to people who never got a divorce sober to learn how to do it sober. I wanted to talk to someone who's done it sober and so I could learn how they did it, and I did. I found a woman who did it sober and she said that her behavior and her actions mattered more to her children and her co-parent and the relationship that they ended up having and have today to parent together and that it was her responsibility to behave. And I needed that information from someone who'd been through it it says let him know you are available if he wishes to make a decision i underline make a decision and i wrote step three and tell his story i wrote four through eleven but it's also the fifth step obviously it says but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else i underline do not insist we don't want to push anybody we don't want to push them he may be broken homeless if he is you might try and help him about getting a job right teach a man to fish give a man a fish he eats for a day teach a man to fish he eats for a life so i'm not going to give them money i'm going to help him find a job if he is you might try to help him about getting a job or give him a little financial assistance i underline but you should not deprive your family or creditors of money they should have i'm asked on occasion i'm asked in AA by random members of AA for money and i say to them i'm a single mom i don't have any money i'm so sorry Um, I'm not sorry. I'm really not. I don't have the money. Um, If I had the money to give, I wouldn't give it to another drunk. I would give it to some organization that really needed it. A drunk is capable of getting a job. Um, I'm happy to buy someone coffee. I'm happy to get them a meal. I'm happy to introduce them to someone where they can be a busboy or a server or whatever. But that's not the place that I do my charity work. It says, perhaps you will want to make the man... Take the man into your home for a few days, but be sure to use discretion. Be certain he'll be welcomed by your family and that he is not trying to impose upon you for money, connections, or shelter. I underline, permit that and you only harm him. I wrote on the side, it's not if we are going to help, but when and how. It's not if we are going to help, but when and how. So it's all about how we're going to do the help and when we're going to give the help. We don't want to become someone's enabler where they don't, they rely on us more than their higher power and they don't do the work. It says you will be making it possible for him to be sincere, insincere. And I wrote on the side or on the bottom guidelines. And then I wrote make clear before. So I remember when I first got sober, one of the guidelines that was told to me about this situation was that the person has to be sober or else they're out. Um, That, they need to go to a meeting every day and that they need to pay a portion of your bills and if they drink they have to leave and those things should be explained at the beginning um, at one time in my sobriety when I didn't have children and I wasn't married I lived in uh, an apartment and I lived with other people or I lived alone and I let people stay on my couch um, I wouldn't do it today because I have children and it wouldn't be safe I will share experience that happened to me as a sponsor I was sponsoring a woman. She was brand new. And she was living with another woman in AA who was also new. And um, she did not tell me anything about her situation. Um, A guy in AA who had been sober for a long time came into our place of employment and said, I don't normally do this. I normally stay out of sponsey stuff. But I needed to come and talk to you because I found something out that will affect one of the girls that you're working with. And I listened. And he said that there was a guy who was in one of the treatment center, rehab facilities, halfway houses that was a chronic relapser, a drug addict, and had been known for abusing women. And he was sleeping on my sponsee's couch. And the guy said he felt nervous and afraid for the women's lives and safety. And he wanted to tell me because he felt that something needed to be intervened. And so I talked to the girl I was working with, and she said, that her and her roommate were trying to help him and that he told them that he it couldn't work out at the place he was staying probably because he got kicked out and that he was trying to um come off of heroin. And so they, since they're not doctors, decided that they were going to help him with a medical plan. And they gave him back pain medication that they had saved. And they were weaning him off of pain medication while he was sleeping on their couch. And my girl was at this point nervous and felt that this wasn't a good idea anymore, but was afraid to say something to the guy and afraid to say something to her roommate. And it was a total cluster Um, and I always think of that at this page because it's like the thing the situations we get ourselves into when we are not in mentoring when we are not talking to our sponsor about big choices and we're not praying about it Um, the best way to know if what I'm doing is not okay is if I don't want my sponsor to find out so that's usually the way I think about things on the top of 97 I wrote this statement that one of my sponsors says all the time and I really like it you cannot and I I In the quotation marks I wrote, practice these principles in all your affairs, which is what we say in AA, and it's in the 12th step. You cannot practice these principles in all your affairs, end quote, if not doing 10, 11, and 12. So I can't practice the principles in all my affairs effectively if I'm not practicing 10, 11, and 12 daily. Because if I'm not doing 10 steps on a daily basis, I'm not going to call my sponsees out for not doing them because that will be uncomfortable. If I don't wake up every morning and meditate and I just kind of half-ass it, I'm not going to say anything to my sponsees about it. If I'm not always helping others and being of service and taking people to the book, I'm not going to talk to my sponsees about it. So I'm not going to be able to practice these principles properly and I'm not going to be able to make good decisions if I'm not living it. On the top of 97 it says, you may be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery recovery. Um, the next paragraph I wrote on the top crisis is not convenient. And one of the things I've heard about this is a fireman goes when a fire erupts. So they don't go only, you know, like at three o'clock they go when the, you know, the fire comes, which means I'm going to have eruptions to my social life in my non AA life that are going to, you know, interrupt me. And it says never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is, I underline, the foundation stone of your recovery. I underlined a kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to you have to act the good Samaritan every day. I know in the word every day if need be. It may mean the loss of night sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruption to your business. It may mean sharing your money in your home, counseling frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylums. Your telephone may jangle at any time of day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he is violent. Sometimes you'll have to call a doctor and administer sedatives under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. Occasionally you have to meet these such, such conditions. I've had to meet a lot of these. I've met almost all of them except I have not been in a police court yet. I haven't had smashing furniture but I've had a burning of a couch and. I haven't had to administer sedatives, but I've had to call 911. I wrote on the side, we always have to be prepared to help someone else. We always have to be prepared to help someone else. So just to make clear, I don't miss like family dinners or important holidays with my family or school events because I make that a priority that they're they're going to get that. But I might have to leave early sometimes or arrive late. And I might have to step aside and take a call or a text message from someone who needs help. But I also have an army of women that can help the other person. It doesn't have to just be me. Um, So I don't always get to stay all the time when I want to stay because I need to go show up for somebody else or carry the message and lead. Sometimes I have to say no to AA. Sometimes I have to say no to my, my family. We seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long at a time. It is not good for him, and it sometimes creates serious complications in a family. Though an alcoholic does not respond, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. You should continue to be friendly to them. The family should be offered your way of life. So they're talking about Al-Anon, or or Families Anonymous. Should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there is a much better chance that the head of the family will recover. And even though he continues to drink, the family will find life more bearable. The next sentence I wrote um, on the top, willing guy of the sentence. I wrote willing guy. And I wrote, the willing will not seek charity. The willing will not seek charity because it makes them uncomfortable and they want to do the work to get it. I underlined, for the type of alcoholic who is able and willing to get well, I kept underlining in 98, little charity in the ordinary sense of the word is needed or wanted. I wrote on the top of 98, reliance upon God Reliance upon God, not on the sponsor. Not on the sponsor. And then I wrote, the sponsor is just a channel. The sponsor is just a channel. So we don't want them to rely only on me. I don't want every decision they make to be within talking to me. I need to push them back to the steps in the book. And God, have you prayed about it? Let's do an inventory about it. Why didn't you ask God? What does it say on the bottom of 86? Let's see what the book tells me to do. The men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. Yet we do go to great extremes to provide each other with these very things. When such action is warranted, this may seem inconsistent, but we think it is not. I bracketed the next paragraph and I wrote on the top of it, true dependence upon higher power. True dependence upon higher power. Because humans are going to fail me. It is not the matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a, on a service plane, the alcohol commences, underlined, to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. So remember, we want them to rely upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence upon God. And I wrote next to that, including sponsor. So we don't want them to depend on me, on you. I bracketed the next paragraph, the next two paragraphs because they're large, and I wrote promise. It says, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that I underline, he can get well regardless of anyone. That's the promise. So no matter who is or isn't in their life, they can get sober. I underline the only condition, so there's only one condition, is that they trust in God and clean house. So there's another promise. Here's a contract. I have to do two things, trust in God and clean house, and God's going to keep me sober. Now, the next paragraph is going to be, think about it that this is the first couple of weeks of sobriety they're starting to do the work they have no idea what they're doing they're kind of lost but they're they're doing the work they're not just not drinking going to meetings now the domestic problem there may be divorce separation or distrained relations when your prospect has made such reparation i underline the word reparation and i wrote ninth step as he can to his family i underlined and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles of why which he is living which is 10 11 and 12 I underlined he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. And above the word proceed, I wrote 10, 11, and 12. So they need to see the difference. They need to see the change. Seeing is believing for the alcoholic. That is if he is lucky enough to have a home. And that's the perspective that we need to remind ourselves. Instead of complaining about our mom or our dad or our sister or our you know wife or husband or boyfriend or friend, we need to remind ourselves, hey, you were the jerk that totally ruined their life and they're, they're letting you stay there. So you don't complain and help out and clean up. It says, though his family be at fault in many respects, I underline he should not be concerned about that. I wrote on the side, starting to live 10, 11, and 12. So we're just beginning to do this. We're going to mess up. We're going to be human, but we're doing our best. Which means if we mess up, when we mess up, we will make amends immediately and then do a change to change and repair the damage. I underlined he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. And then I underlined argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. And that's 10 step stuff right there. So these are family amends. On the top of 99, I wrote family amends. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do. So I bracketed the top paragraph. And this is all about family amends. And I wrote results in torn apart homes. Results in torn apart homes. But it must be done if any results are to be expected. If persisted in for a few months, I circled in a few months. One of my sponsors thinks a few is three. I think it's two. So we'll just go between 60 to 90 days. This is someone who's daily working the steps. So I wrote on the side, 60 to 90 days, daily working the steps. The effect of a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover they have a basis upon which they can meet. And I wrote above that, me doing 10, 11, and 12. So no matter how someone else behaves, I need to do 10, 11, and 12 and then I can meet them where they are. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can be these can then be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. I underline after they see have seen tangible results and above that I wrote changing in sobriety and then I wrote actions and thinking. That's what's going to change. My actions and my thinking we get to change. The family will perhaps want to go along. So they're only going to want to go along if the change that they see is attractive. But they also might not want to go along. It says, These things will come to pass naturally and in good time provided, however, the alcoholic, I underline, continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. I wrote on the side next to that sentence, How to Behave 10, 11, and 12. How to Behave 10, 11, and 12. I circle the word continues, so that's something I have to keep doing. Above demonstrate, I wrote through the steps. Above considerate, I wrote through the steps. And above regardless, I wrote through the steps. So this says I need to do 10, 11, and 12 over and over and over. Through the steps, I can, I can stay sober. Through the steps, I can be considerate and helpful. And through the steps, no matter what you say or do, I get to show up and behave. Which means, really, I, ideally, if we could actually do this all the time, which I forget and I have a hard time with, our job is to behave no matter what. Which is really hard because we like to justify our behavior. I know I do. Of course, we all fall much below this standard many times. But I underline, we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a street. And that's step that's step 10 if there be divorce or separation there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together the man should be sure of his recovery the wife should fully understand his new way of life if their old relationship is to be resumed it must be on a better basis since the former did not work i underlined this means a new attitude and spirit all around so that's what i need to have not them Sometimes it is is to the best interest of all concerned that a couple remain apart. Obviously no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. So I can't force it. I underlined the next two sentences. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. I underlined, this just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. I underlined, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. I underlined, it is dependent upon his relationship with God. And above that, I wrote, spiritual awakening. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. I bracketed the next paragraph and I wrote in the top, sponsorship. And I wrote, walking shoulder to shoulder. Sponsorship, Walking Shoulder to Shoulder, and then on the side I wrote Promises of 10, 11, and 12. This is one of my favorite, favorite promises. It's something that um, a woman in sobriety, when I was newer in sobriety in Chicago, she taught me this, and it's something that me and one of my sponsors read whenever we are going through a particularly hard time, and we usually read it with tears in our throat. It says, both you and the new man, so I underlined the word and, so we both have to do this together, must, so I underline that word must, walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. Remember, progress means to move forward. And I underlined, if you persist, remarkable things will happen. I underlined, when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. And that's the promise. They're telling me, Keep going. You're going to realize one day that this potentially is a blessing for you and you're going to get closer to who you really are and closer to your higher power. It says, follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. That's amazing. We've read that through broke, through breakups, through money, through health, through heartbreak, through all of it. I underline, when working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate participate in their quarrels. So, I learned this the hard way. I tried to participate in someone's quarrels, and really, I had really good intentions, and it blew up in my face, and I will never, ever, ever do it again. You may spoil your chance of being helpful if you do, but urge upon a man's family that he has been... He has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. You should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Ask them to remember when they are impatient the blessed fact of sobriety. If you have been successful in solving your own domestic problems, tell the newcomer's family how that was accomplished. In this way, you can set them on the right track without becoming critical of them. So the best way to do that is to talk about your experience rather than telling them what to do. The story of how you and your wife settle your difficulties is worth any amount of criticism. I underline the next sentence, assuming we are spiritually fit, and I wrote above that 10, 11, and 12. I'm practicing 10, 11, and 12. I'm going to be spiritually fit. I underline, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. Remember, a few weeks sober, I'm working the steps. People have said we must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends who drink. We must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes. We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles if we go into their houses. We mustn't think or be reminded about alcohol at all. I underlined, our experience shows that this is not necessarily so. Above our experience, I wrote first 100. So the first 100 men and women are saying this is not our our experience. On the top of the page, I have written down all actions. So all those things that they suggested are based on fear, which goes against step 10's promise that we're going to be placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. So that idea about avoiding things and not seeing things and not talking about things, that is a complete... It's based on the idea that I have the mental obsession still. So the problem in these in these suggestions is that alcohol is in the bottle that that's the problem but we know the real problem is the my mind so i am allergic to alcohol if i leave it in the bottle it does not cause me any harm but if i my mind tells me i need it that's when it causes me harm so i've got a radical change i've got defense against mental obsession I bracketed the next paragraph and it says, We meet these conditions every day. I highlighted and underlined, An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. I wrote on the side, Still believes the lie. So this person still believes the lie. It's also lack of faith in the power and they're not working the steps so they don't have a defense. So the, there's two really clear things here. If you still want to drink when you're out at parties or bars or restaurants, then don't go to those because you're you still have the mental obsession. What the book is going to tell me that I can go to those and I could bring something to them, but I need to not use it and abuse it. His only chance for sobriety would be someplace like the Greenland ice cap, and even there an Eskimo might turn up. I underlined with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the ferry he would escape the alcoholic problem in our belief any scheme of combating alcohols in which proposes to shield the sick man from temptation i underlined is doomed to failure that's because they're not doing 10 11 and 12 and they're trying to protect them remember the only defense i have against the mental obsession is my higher power and the only way i can reach my higher power is through the steps in the inventory process in, in prayer meditation 10 11 and 12. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time, but he usually winds up with a bigger explosion than ever. We have tried these methods. So this is the first 100 men and women. I underlined these attempts to do the impossible. So someone who's arranging their life have always failed. So they're living without 10, 11, and 12. And I wrote on the side, if recovered, I can go. So if I no longer have a mental obsession or physical allergy, I can go. It says, so our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drinking. And it says drinking. It doesn't say substitute your drug of choice. So that, because alcohol is legal if you're 21. So that means I can go to a restaurant or a bar or a wedding or a celebration or a work event where alcohol is being served as long as I'm feeling sane about alcohol. I know the truth and I'm recovered and I'm actively working the program. I cannot substitute. I can go to a crack house or a heroin den and be okay. It says... If we have a legitimate reason for being there, that includes bars, nightclubs, dances, receptions, weddings, even plain old, plain ordinary whoopee parties. To a person who has ex- had experienced an alcoholic, this may seem like p- tempting providence, but it isn't. I underlined. You will know that we made an important qualification, and I wrote on the side: 12-step action plan. Therefore, and here's what we're supposed to do, I underline, ask yourself on each occasion. And then these are the questions that we're going to ask the girl that we're working with or the guy that we're working with. Have I any good social, business, or personal reason for going to this place? Or, I underline, am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere of such places? I underline, if you answer these questions satisfactorily, you need have no apprehension. So if I'm doing 10, 11, and 12, I'm spiritually fit. Go or stay away, whichever seems best, but be sure you are on solid spiritual ground before you start, I underlined, and that your motive in going is thoroughly good. I underlined, do not think of what you will get out of the occasion, I underlined, think of what you can bring to it. And this is a great tool for the rest of my life. Don't think of what you're going to get or not going to get. Think of what you can bring. But if you are shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic. We're going to stop right there. I know we're almost done, but I don't want to go over 30 minutes. We'll finish next week on 102, and then we'll get into two wives, um, which you should come back because even if you're not a wife or a husband or anything, it's got a lot of really helpful identification tools and spiritual tools. Thank you, and have an amazing day and amazing week. It's your choice.